All right, welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. I am Harrison Fagan, filling in as your host tonight. Normally, this would be Christian leading you in because he is a much more capable host than me, but he is at Staples Center doing important things, covering the game in my stead. So I am filling in in his place, and sitting in my normal chair is Ali Bapornia, who is our video guy at Silver Screen and Roll, and he writes for the site as well. And we just watched the Lakers, I don't think... It is an overstatement to say destroy the Suns like really thoroughly, despite barely kind of trying during that game. I don't know. Like, how, how do you like anyway? Like, how are you? What did you think of the game? That was just kind of a weird one to watch. I'm good. It was very similar to how the last few games have gone. They, they're not too exciting to watch, even if they're up at a moment by like 10 or 15. You don't really feel like it. And you feel like you're kind of annoyed at the game. And you just I don't know. I. I'm very glad that the NBA set up the Phoenix Suns as this game today because, and like last game, these last two games against not the greatest teams, because I feel like if they weren't these teams, they would have had different outcomes at the end of the game. Yeah, like I I don't want to be that guy that just comes on here after a big win and just like says a bunch of negative stuff, but I'm going to be that guy for just like two seconds (laughs) if all of you can hang in there and then we're going to move on to the positive stuff. I already started it. (laughs) Yeah, so like, yeah, this team, like I, like, I dug this up today, but, like, they've lost, like, five of their last 13 games now, and after having, one, like, only lost seven of their previous 40 or so, and so, like, that's, or 39 or whatever, however the math works out on that, but, like, it's, they've looked a little bit lackadaisical for a while, these have not been the best opponents, if they were, like, real NBA teams that they were playing, they may not have fared as well in these games, but tonight, at least, I felt like tonight they showed at least a little bit more effort, absolutely, maybe not everyone, but, like, for the most part across the roster, there was more effort there tonight than there was against the Warriors, where it seemed like they realized, like, hey, we could turn it on for five minutes and that'll be enough. And it actually worked. So, like, you almost couldn't even be mad at them at that point. But against the Suns tonight, I felt like there was a little bit more consistent effort, starting with, I know, your favorite player on the roster. You did, like, a Uh, lengthy video, Mm -hmm. like, uh, praising him earlier this year and how much of a shooter he had become. Showed that tonight, Rajon Rondo going off for, what was it? What did he finish with? 23 points? 25 points? 23 points. On four or five shooting from deep. So, like... Was this Rondo doing the basketball version of saying, like, Darren Collison? Who needs that guy? I just want to say, after I released that video, I remember I messaged you this. He went on a complete cold streak from three. Like, I I, I, I take all the blame there. Um, so that is my fault. Uh, and I actually, as funny as this may sound, I do believe that that's possibly something that, like, caused Rondo to actually, you know, start shooting better or like really focusing in on the game just because I think he's realizing everyone's looking for what point guards they can bring in to replace him and he's like all right I gotta do something yeah he finally if you're going against a team it's going to be the Phoenix Suns yeah I mean and also like I, I think the thing that we've seen with Rondo is when he locks in he still can kind of play like he's not a great NBA player anymore by any mm-hmm. means but I, the mm-hmm. common denominator in these performances where he's played really well are like some level of personal vendetta against the other team. Like, you know, he, like he destroyed the Oklahoma city thunder because him and Chris Paul have like a lengthy feud going back years, probably close to a decade at this point, those two just hate each other. And like, I don't think it's coincidence. Rondo went off that game. He went off this game, like the Phoenix suns 14 years ago, 
you know, they sold the pick that became Rajon Rondo. And I, I think I that we saw forgot about that. Yeah, I think that we saw his long winded revenge, like come, mm -hmm. you know, he'd been plotting this for 14 years and was like, no, in 14 years, I'm going to drop 23 points on the Suns just to let them know that they made a mistake when I am 31 years old. I, uh, I can't wait till I can't wait till Lakers play Dallas in the playoffs against Rick Carlisle to get his revenge there. That'll yeah, be, that'll you know, honestly, that would be the most Rondo thing ever if he yeah. like if he actually <laughs> did activate playoff Rondo mode in the yeah. first round against Dallas. Like, I think that that is kind of what we're seeing. Like, he is he gets a lot of justified crap, I think, for the way mm. that he plays and how listless he looks at times and how little burst he has anymore and how like he can't really create his own shot. He's not really that like he's not a good enough and smart enough passer anymore, at least in terms of the timing to really justify like how many turnovers he commits compared to his assists and things like that. His defense is atrocious. It still was not good tonight. Mm -hmm. um, but like it does games like this again i don't want to overreact to one win against the suns but like it does lend some level of credence i think to the idea that maybe he just want like maybe he'll go from tire fire to just like normal bad in the playoffs or mm -hmm. like against opponents when it really matters maybe i still think that he can be schemed out but like you know i don't know am i just trying to talk myself into the lakers not being screwed because they didn't get collison <laughs> I think in a sense, because that's what I've been doing, especially watching this game, I'm like, oh, if he starts playing like this in the playoffs, and then I was like, oh, don't fall for the playoff Rondo trap. Don't fall for that. Yeah, like, if he just plays that's the why best I... game of the season every game, then <laughs> he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think it's benefiting him to play have several bad games in a row and then balling out because you're like, yeah, no, when he wants it, he can he can actually perform like that. Then you just completely fall for the trap. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Was there anything, when you were watching tonight, did anything seem, like, replicable about this? Uh, like, that this is something that he can carry forward? To me, it just, it looked like he was just making shots. Like, yeah, that's the thing. He, that that, yeah. He was getting the space that he normally gets. So they were double-teaming off him, and he was just actually hitting those threes. So, and it wasn't like, he was he was finding players in a way better fashion than he normally did. I would say that. Like, he was actually attacking the basket and finding somebody and at times he would hold the ball, but not too much. Um, but as far as the shooting goes, it was literally like how every other game has been, where he's just open off of a double, and this time and it was just going in. And but he's been on a on a cold streak as of late. Yeah, and I, I think, I guess maybe if, if we're looking for a difference tonight, I think he did look maybe a little bit more willing to shoot. I don't know yeah. what necessarily went into that, but it just looked a little bit less like he was kind of sitting there. You saw like the apple loading like wheel going above <laughs> his head where he was like, should I shoot it? Should I shoot it? Is there any pass I can make? Anything else I can do? Okay, I guess I'll shoot it. Like tonight you didn't really see that. He just it was kind of going up with it. And so I don't really know what got into him, but... The Lakers need to do that every game. I don't know if they just need to, like... I, I've been thinking... My, you know, suggestion has been that they start doing, like... Remember, like, the old subliminal messaging Sprite ads? Like, mm -hmm. they just need to do that, but with their game <laughs> film, where they're splicing in footage of CP3, just, like, every yeah, so yeah. often, so that Rondo mm -hmm. just gets really gassed up and doesn't really understand mm -hmm. why for every game. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's mm -hmm. the best solution that I think that I can come to. But 
honestly, like aside, even aside from him, the Lakers bench, I thought was overall really good tonight, which is not something that we've been able to say very often this season. They outscored the Suns 62 to 36 in uh, bench points. And, you know, Kuzma did not have his best scoring game, but I really liked how he played. He finished with nine points, eight rebounds, four assists, two blocks and one steal. Like that's a really well-rounded game for a guy that, you know, is definitely not known for having well-rounded games. Yeah, he's his energy as of late has been brought up a lot. Like he, even though he not make the right mo- plays or the right moves, he still is giving it his all, especially as of late. Like he, like we brought, we talked about his like offensive rebounds and how he's just, you know, every play when a shot goes up, you see him just sprinting to the rim, trying to get the ball or like hit on the defensive end. Even if he's not in the right position or something, you're seeing him like fully engaged on that end. It's just, I think that makes a big difference, and it just it it allows his teammates to pick up off of that energy as well. He also does seem to be more actively, or at least tonight, he really seemed to be actively running and cutting a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like there were a couple times on the break where he was just really running lanes, and I think it created space for guys. Even if so, like he doesn't get a stat or anything on that play, but that yeah, kind of helps the Lakers free things up and. Like, you know, there was one where I remember, I believe it was late in the third or early in the fourth, where he actually created a decent amount of space for LeBron on a post up and then Rondo passed the ball off LeBron's knee. But, um, you know, (laughs) that was something positive that Kuzma did that did not necessarily lead to a good thing. But like overall, I thought tonight was a really good game from him. Avery Bradley continued shooting the lights out. Like, was there anyone like, like just I guess let's talk about the bench like was there anyone else that really stood out to you as far as tonight like I I just thought overall as a whole they were really good before that I'll say I really my favorite play from Kuzma was his fake pass to shot that was very impressive I've never seen something like this that was really nice to see um but Dwight probably stood out to me the most just because it was kind of like the Rockets game where they were very undersized and you just saw Dwight grabbing every offensive board. It looked like everyone on the court and it was true at times. The tallest person on, that, on the Phoenix was like six, six on the court. So Dwight just, you know, being the big man down low and grabbing every board really helped the Lakers on that end as well. So Yeah, he really does seem to take, like, a certain amount of glee in, uh, like, when he is the— Like, you'll see him sometimes. There's been a couple times the videos of it have gone around. But, like, he'll be out on the court before games playing with kids and, like, Mm -hmm. where they're, like, dribbling against him. And he'll swap their shot into the fifth row. And that's kind of what he does against these, like, under— Like, he doesn't show any more mercy to, like, the undersized, like, other front lines in the league. I I think— like, you know, I'm honestly floored that he's continued to play this impressively for this long after playing just nine games last season. And like, you know, there have been a couple games here and there where he does look a little bit tired. But like, you know, the fact that he still has energy going into the All-Star break, it makes you think that, you know, maybe a couple other Lakers could show up a little bit more. And, you know, especially they, they got one game left against Denver on Wednesday. And, you know, it would just be it would lend some like they need more wins against good teams and mm-hmm. it would really be nice if they could be at least for like their resume if they could beat denver heading into the break yeah that's why that's why earlier like i said i was really glad that the nba gave the lakers this game if they didn't get this win i i would be about 70% sure they'd lose their next game just because you're going up against a good team and you're not, you know, you just lost to the Phoenix Suns, so you just already are in your, they're already in their mode of, I want the all-star break. And 
to have a win today, I think, really helps with that next game, just their mentality-wise, to uh, actually try to finish this golf 3-0 in their last game. Last year. They're they're they've won their last two now. Two two. But okay, they'd win. Wow. They'd go three and zero if they beat. Yeah uh, yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah yeah yeah. Um yeah, I, I think I think it's exa- and Denver is gaining on them in the standing. So if yeah. they really do want to make sure that they have home court, I don't know how much that matters in Denver, where like Lakers fans are usually pretty filling out that building. Same with the Clippers. That's why I'm not sure how much home court really ma- matters in general. Um, but. Like, you know, it, it, I guess if it's something that they care about, like this is kind of an important game. But anyway, I, I want to move past Denver and I want to talk a little bit about what happened yesterday, which was pretty significant with mm-hmm. Darren Collison deciding to uh, stay retired. And mm-hmm. I have a couple theories on why I want to talk with you about that, Ollie. And we are going to do that really quickly after a short break. All right. So where were you when the Woj bomb came down and you realize that Darren Collison was just going to stay retired because, you know, he wants to spend time with his family and like, <laughs> yeah, he can make more money this summer. <laughs> well, he wanted to spend more time with his family. And I actually did the opposite when uh, I was going out to dinner with my parents and family for my parents anniversary. Uh, and so <laughs> I actually pushed that back a little bit further because that bomb dropped and I was like hold on I gotta go through this right now and so I actually pushed back dinner probably by 20 minutes I'd say um but yeah it's funny you what always anniversary tell yourself not was this get... for your parents uh the 30th anniversary you're a of horrible being son <laughs> hey they've, they've had they've had 29 others that I was on time, or not 29 others on but I've been on time to others this is the first time it's okay it's yeah. all right um yeah, I am. Um, but I, I, I just, I tried to not get my hopes up, and I was trying to convince myself. And then I remember telling someone, "I'm like sixty percent sure he's going to be a Laker. Like, there's no way you come to a game and all that, and like you see everything that's going on, and you're like, no, I'm, I'm good. But I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not mad at him at all. It's totally up to him. Retirement's probably really nice too. So, and being around with your family. So I don't blame him for that decision whatsoever. I just, you know, I was just a bit hurt. Yeah, and, like, I think all of that stuff is, like, like I think it's okay for fans to feel spurned, and I think it's okay for Collison to, you know, decide to stay retired. So, and, like, you know, I'm sure that the spend time with your family stuff is real. Like, you know, you're watching your kids grow up, you're spending time with your wife for probably the first time and like, quite, like, significant time for yeah. the first time, for, like, in quite a long time because he's been playing for the last, you know, decade plus. Um, so, like, I'm sure all that stuff's real. The other practical factors here are that, you know, if he came back, you only get one chance to make a second impression. And right. if he came back and he looked washed right now, not only is he making like basically the minimum from the Lakers, but then he's not going to get paid this summer. So they right. may have decided on some level that like, hey, if I'm going to come back, like I might as well do it this summer when more teams have money, you know, and are able right. to pay me a little bit more. And like, let me just make sure that I'm actually in shape to hit the ground running. He hasn't been playing, I'm sure. And even if he was trying to work out, it's not playing in the NBA or getting an NBA shape or going through an NBA training camp. So I'm sure that all that stuff factored in. I also do wonder how much of it, and I, I kind of theorized this on Twitter yesterday, was that you know, all this stuff started to leak out about not only did he get like the most public recruiting visit we've ever seen an NBA free agent get in season. Huh. They but... played him at the Jumbotron. On the yeah, Jumbotron. exactly. <laughs> like, 
Like, that's crazy in and of itself, especially for a team that has 15 guys on the roster and would have to cut one of them to bring yep. that guy in. But yep. then to give him a tour of the locker room, like, reportedly happened, like, I don't know if on some level he felt like maybe this is a bad look for him and wasn't going to make him a whole lot of friends in the league if he just basically, like, dunked on Troy Daniels on his way out the door or something like that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I'm sure that was probably a small factor compared to everything else. But I think when you put it all together, you do have a recipe that was maybe more ripe for him deciding to stay retired than maybe we were admitting as going into that decision. Could you imagine if uh, it came out that Darren Carlson or Troy Daniels, Troy Daniels, I just, Darren Collison was getting a death stare from Troy Daniels the whole game, just like from the bench. And Darren Collison just felt uncomfortable the whole time. That's why he didn't ended up not doing it. Oh, I thought that you were going to say, can you imagine if he was like, he's like, so this would be my locker? And Troy was standing right there. like, <laughs> And it was just this really awkward moment. Um, no, no, it I'm, wouldn't be. Yeah, I'll, 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 do respect to, I'll do respect to Troy Daniels. I just, yeah. that, that is the guy that I would probably put my money on to uh, get let go. But we'll see. It, we'll see if that even happens. The Lakers yeah. are, by all accounts, kind of looking at the buyout market. There was a report they're going to work out J.R. Smith. They're going to touch base with Dion Waiters. Um, I, those guys, out of the other guys that are buyout candidates, like, it, let's wrap up on this. Like, which guy do you feel like you, that t- would most address the team's weaknesses and why is it Jamal Crawford? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had a tweet. I had a tweet that I have listed out like possible free agents and someone tweeted back Jamal Crawford and I was like, oh, okay. And then about, I got maybe 15 more replies of Jamal Crawford and I was like, wow, people really want Jamal I'm Crawford. I'm convinced that Jamal Crawford has burner accounts where he just goes and tweets <laughs> his name or his agent or something. Like, I don't under, like, I get that he was a good scorer, mm-hmm. but like, if you, I, I, you know what it probably is. He didn't play for very good teams on his last couple of years, so people didn't really watch Jamal Crawford play defense. He is legitimate. Like, he's probably worse than Rondo on like, that end. He, I think I think the biggest thing is people remember how he finished the season last year, and it yeah, was like 51 or 61 too. points, too, yeah. because that was brought up a lot. And I was like, I get that, and he's a, he's a good offensive player, but there's more than just that. And the Lakers if, need a playmaker. If, they don't necessarily if, need just a guy who can score. Scoring would maybe help a little bit, but they yeah. need someone that can do a little bit of something else. And Jamal Crawford, his whole career, all he's been is a scorer. Like, that's it. Right. And right. But anyway, let, let's talk about the guys who realistically might actually help. Like, who, who, how would you rank them or who would be your top priority? Do they have to be available or are they possible buyouts? No, no, no. Yeah, go for it. Just the floor okay. is yours. Okay. Number one to me would probably be Mo Harkless. Uh, he's a three and D guy who could, the Lakers could really use, who has size, um, and so that to me would be number one. That's why I wasn't too big into MKG, just because he can't shoot. And yeah, he, he. I mean, he signed with the Mavericks tonight, and Mo Harkless. There was yeah. a report that the Knicks will buy him out if he wants it. Now he is from New York. Maybe he does like have a childhood dream of playing for the Knicks. Right. That would be sad, but, um, <laughs> you know, like maybe maybe he, that's something that he wants to do uh, and check off his bucket list. And, you know, you can't begrudge him for that. But, yeah, I, I the Michael Kidd-Gilchrist thing didn't make a mm. ton of sense to me just no. because they need like a wing defender would help. But it's almost like he's like the wing defense version of Jamal Crawford. He just doesn't do anything else. And they need someone with like maybe two skills. Like their problem is that they have too many one skill guys right now. Exactly. If you had Rondo, MKG and Dwight all on the floor who whatever other two players are on the court would just be double teamed and like wouldn't be able to shoot at all because they would get <laughs> everyone get would be ball. able to help off. Yeah. <laughs> um, number two would probably be 
Reggie Jackson, if he's bought out, um, again, that's not even certain, but just hypothetical, if they did buy him out, um, I would take Reggie just because he's 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 not a great playmaker, but shoot. So I would say I would say Reggie Jackson, and then number three, ah, jeez, it, it's 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 hard for me from three on. It would probably be a tie between Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith. Maybe Dion Waiters is a little bit ahead. Yeah, I'd, I'd lean Dion in that group. I, I think, like, ultimately, all these guys, it's such a toss-up because, like, there's a reason all of them are available. You know what right. I mean? Like, Darren Collison, normally guys that were going to make, like, $10 million or so last summer are not buyout candidates, like, or guys that are on the buyout market at this time of year. There's just, like, all the—you're you're shopping in the bargain bin, basically, or, you know, like the like the box at the, at, like, the thrift store or something that just has, like, one sock in it and, like, a couple other, like, just random items of clothes. <laughs> Thing from like 30 years ago like yeah. that's just that's what the buyout market is is it's all flawed like it's your island of misfit toys so you know i guess maybe waiter's island fits in right there but i i, I gen- i'm genuinely curious to hear your thoughts what are your who are your top picks um i think honestly like your your list is a pretty good one um i'd probably like I, pro- I might like Dion a little bit more than you do just after mm-hmm. kind of reading up on him today. I think there's like a little bit of kind of like, like he has a little bit of playmaking chops, like when absolutely necessary, like in a kind of high usage role, which he would be off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can, he could certainly handle the ball and score, even if he's not your traditional floor general. I worry about the defense from him a little bit, but he also is one of those guys that like, one of the intangible things about this team has been that they're like really trying to give guys redemption arcs. Like you right. saw them take in Dwight Howard, like basically as a cast off from the two Grizzlies cast offs actually mm-hmm. are the examples that I'm going to use, but mm-hmm. Avery Bradley as well, like is oh. a guy that did not play well for his last couple teams. And like both of them have come in here and had kind of redemption seasons to different degrees. Le- LeBron too. He was washed and then they brought him in and now he's not, no exactly. longer a washed king. Many yeah. people called him washed over the summer. <laughs> yes. It definitely was not just like one or two people that LeBron has made out to be like everyone. Yes, but, exactly. you know, that's what the greats do. They find slights and like uh, and use that <laughs> as motivation. So, um, yeah, they have all these guys having redemption seasons. Many Pelicans fans that said that Anthony <laughs> Davis could not stay healthy or help mm-hmm. a team win. And he mm-hmm. is proving them wrong. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Yeah, so I I I, I like waiters. Um, J.R. Smith, I, I'm not so sure about just because like he's been basically not playing NBA basketball right. for a year and a half. Like I just don't know that that's a guy that I trust to have stayed in NBA shape for that entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so but ultimately, like I'm not in love with any of these guys because I'm kind of dubious that any of them will help anyway, just because there's a reason they're available. Yeah, no, um, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, so, I mean, th- this has been Harrison and Ollie, like, sadly break down the buyout market. Like, we aren't going <laughs> to sit, I'm not going to sit here and hype these guys up and be like, oh, there, you know, Dion Waiters is the answer. Like, maybe Dion Waiters is an answer to something. I just don't know that he doesn't cause more question marks or whatever, or any of these guys. Like Exactly. Yeah, so, but anyway, like, that's where the Lakers are at. Doesn't mean that these guys can't help. It just means that we shouldn't count on them to necessarily save the season. I think that's honestly going to do it for this show. Like, unless you have something else to add. Uh, I hope Rondo can perform like how he performed tonight every game. That's that's how I'll add that. Don't we all? Um, <laughs> I'm sure Rondo wishes that. Yeah, uh, I'm you sure. Know, 
to in his heart of hearts. Uh, so anyway, this is this has been another episode of the Silver Screen Roll podcast. Ali, thank you for joining me. Let people know where they can find you and just plug anything you have coming up that you're excited about. Uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ali underscore Bepornia. Don't worry. It doesn't sound like how it's spelled. It's, you're just going to fail at it. Don't, it's okay. Don't even worry. Um, what do I have coming up? Uh, nothing, nothing too interesting. Maybe a video coming out whenever Lakers end up uh, signing a player. But for yeah. now, for now, nothing too much. Yeah, I expect that video within like four hours. I yeah, just, yeah, no, I know. Like you. we we got to get that thing up quickly. So yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I am I am Harrison Fagan. You can find me on Twitter at HM Fagan. I will tweet Ollie's at uh, you know <laughs> when I send out the show tomorrow. And uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. And Alex and Alex will be back with Taco Tuesday tomorrow.